Welcome to Biblical Christian Worldview's Selective Article Podcast. So let's get started. Today's podcast is entitled, A Biblical Perspective on the War in Israel. This uh, podcast is not intended to be a defense or attempt at rationalizing Israel's current press into Gaza. Whether from a human perspective one believes Israel is defending or being the aggressor as it flattens Palestinian lands because of Hamas's barbarism is discussed on an hourly basis by social media pundits and channel surfing between MSNBC, Al Jazeera, Newsmax, and Fox, to name a few sources. This uh, podcast is instead an attempt to offer a supernatural perspective attempting to gain insight on God's view of the Jewish race as an example of how his biblical Christian followers should respond to the current Middle East conflicts. So to begin with, there's the question of the Jewish race. Many understandably reject the whole concept of a Jewish race as a prerequisite for any form of contemporary biblical interpretation. They offer the valid point that one can become a Jew by simply choosing to follow Jewish traditions. More to the point, God acknowledges that there are both Jews who follow his precepts and those who are Jews in name only. Romans 9, 6-7, and Romans 2, 28-29. Finally, within the systematic theology of a biblical Christian is the unquestionable truth that Jews hold no favor or favored place in eternal salvation, which comes exclusively from God's grace and our faith in Christ alone. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. If one accepts Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord, it makes no difference what their pedigree is. And conversely, if one rejects Christ, their faith is sealed to eternal punishment, regardless of their lineage or human associations. Is that the end of the discussion? After all, the vast majority of Jews are secular and agnostic. Those who do hold major parts of the Old Testament to be inspired by God totally reject Jesus as the Messiah. Now, there are Messianic Jews who believe in Jesus' divinity, uh, but they're estimated to be at most 350,000 worldwide out of a total population of 14.7 million practicing Jews. So shouldn't Jews be treated just like any other humanly defined subset of the population devoid of any special consideration by God? I would offer that any mature Christian familiar with Scripture likely recoils at the thought of that position. That gut response is the Holy Spirit speaking to the heart. So next question is, has the church replaced the Jews? There's no question that a dispensational view of the New Testament offers support for the idea that the church has taken on the role of God's quote-unquote chosen people, 1 Peter 2.9. In its extreme, this viewpoint has a name, replacement theology, and proposes that when Scripture looks forward past the death of Jesus, any reference to Israel or the Jews is to be redefined as the church. 
There are many problems with this interpretation beyond the simple rejection of parsimony, which is accepting the simplest uh, and most obvious exclamation on a subject. Opponents to replacement theology offer other challenges, such as the continuing existence and survival of the Jewish people over time up to the present, and the reality that the modern state of Israel was all prophesied from the Old Testament. God has not condemned nor replaced the Jews or their homeland Israel with the church. He has instead kept his covenants with the Jews and added the church as the called out of the New Testament. So the next question, what does the Bible say about the Jewish people? The following is a brief offering uh, that scripturally documents a continuing and unique relationship between the Jewish people and the creator of the universe. First, there'll be a mass return of Jews to the land of Israel, prophesied in Deuteronomy 33, Isaiah 43, 6, and many verses in Ezekiel, including Ezekiel 34, 11 through 13. Second, the Antichrist will make a seven-year covenant of peace with Israel, Isaiah 28, 18, and Daniel 9, 27. The temple will be rebuilt in Jerusalem, Daniel 9, 27, Matthew 24, 15, and, and three or four other verses. Next, the Antichrist will break his covenant with Israel and worldwide persecution of Israel will, will result. Daniel 9, 27, Daniel 12, 1, Zechariah 11, 16, Matthew 24, 15, and others. Israel will be invaded. Ezekiel chapters 38-39. Israel will finally recognize Jesus as their Messiah. Zechariah 12-10. And finally, Israel will be regenerated, restored, and regathered. Jeremiah 33-8, Ezekiel 11-17, and Romans 11-26. Note that these scripture verses and many more move from deep within the foundations of God's relationship with the Jewish people through to the present and beyond to end times prophecy. If one accepts the Bible as a source of insight into the mind of God, one cannot argue with the special and continued calling out of the Jewish people group. So what other rationale is there for a godly Jewish relationship? Matt Staver, which is the, who is the chairman of the Liberty Council, wrote an article published by CNN in November of this year titled, Why Israel Matters. He provides a very brief but excellent history and perspective of the Jewish people and the miraculous nature of their continuing survival. Further, Staver reminds us that the foundation, both literal and figurative, and birthplace of the Christian faith is rooted in Israel the very place that its enemies wish to remove from the face of the earth. He concludes by reminding all Christians that from God's perspective, Genesis 12:3, I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So to conclude, to ignore or replace Israel and or the Jewish people, having both historical and continuing involvement in God's plans and care, paints a less than complete picture of the Lord's prophecies and intent. This is particularly true as we all try to weigh our 
uh, opinions in support versus repudiation of the ongoing war. God still has much to do with the Jews as his original people. As Christians, we need to think carefully about relegating the Jews into the general population and viewing the current conflict under purely secular standards of fairness and justice. Put succinctly from God's own words, Romans 9, 4, and 5, they are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ, who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. There remains a special and unique place in God's heart for the Jews. As Christians, we need to acknowledge that point through the lens of today's conflicts, ensuring that our personal views do not supersede God's. The last thing we, as biblical Christians, need to be is in opposition with our Lord and Savior. Acts 5, 38 and 39, if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice. Today, we need to take the same advice offered in the book of Acts. Make no mistake, the ongoing Middle East conflict is a supernatural war, not merely a secular human battleground. God bless you as you serve him today. Today's podcast article was brought to you by bcworldview.org, providing honest reporting and analysis on the intersection of contemporary issues and theology based on a biblical Christian worldview. May God bless you as you continue to walk through this life with our Savior and Lord.